Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Endless drizzle drained streets. How the wind rushes through these empty alleys like an angry ghost. Would that I could burst through solid wall into further realm. And then, from nowhere she came, in all her glory revealed, the sweet caress of the moon underwater. Robin, it is I and thee once again. Yes, hello. Babard, as in I'm on one side of the bar and you're on the other side of the bar. I've not been barred. No. <laughs> not barred myself from my own pub. No. Do you know what I've been thinking a lot about, Robin? Yeah, go on. The lyrics to Old Lang Syne. Mm. Uh, do you know what it's about? Do you know what it means? Well, I mean, there's a lot of confusion about whether it's... May all acquaintance be forgot, but that can't be right, can it? Uh, no, that's 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 right. That's right. May old acquaintance be no, forgot. No, should old acquaintance oh, be forgot. Oh, should. Right, yeah, that makes more Should old acquaintance be forgot, yeah. But it's, it's more what lies beyond the opening sort of well-known verse. Interesting, go on. So, first off, should I tell you what old Lang Syne means? Let me guess. It's it, Old is old, Lang is long... Yep. Sign, could be a sine wave. Could be a sine wave. Um, it means old long since. Oh, yeah, well, oh, okay. So it's been a long time since I've seen you. Yeah, isn't that nice? Old long since. Well, it's almost a bit like the, um, it's, it's a way of saying, you know, au revoir in French is until I re-see you. Is it really? Yeah, voir to see, revoir, re-see. It should be quicker to say goodbye. Uh, well, you know. So you've got the. So this is entirely from uh, the History of English podcast with Kevin Stroud, which I would thoroughly recommend. But he was talking about the Scots dialect. So Old Lang Syne is written in the Scots dialect. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not Gaelic, as some people think. And when you go beyond the first two, so the first two is the sort of ones everyone knows. So should old acquaintance be forgotten, never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and days of old lang syne? Days of old long since. Oh my God. It's quite moving when you actually think about it. Yeah, it's an odd one to sing when you're hailing in a new year because it seems to be looking firmly into the past. Well, it's about two friends meeting 
and remembering their past, but meeting again after a long time and drinking together. Mm. So it says, for old Lang Syne, my dear, for old Lang Syne, we'll take a cup of kindness yet for days of old Lang Syne. It's bizarre that it's one of those songs we all sing and we no one knows, well, many It's like God Save not... the Queen. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, old Lang Syne goes on to say, and there's a hand, my trusty fear, and gives a hand of thine, and we'll talk a right good willy wart for old Lang Syne. What's a willy wart, John? It's, sorry, it's we'll tack a right good willy wart. A willy wart is a big swig. A willy wart? <laughs> yeah. Sounds like you should see a doctor. <laughs> there's a hand, my trusty friend, and give me a hand of thine. I'm sort of translating a bit here. We'll take a right good big old swig for old long since. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. What have you uh, have you been thinking about old long since? Um, old long since. I don't. Oh God, I'm really sorry. The move has been, been. I've been struggling with the move. Robin's just moved house. Yes. To a bigger pub. Yeah, I've moved to kind of a different internal pub. That's what I call <laughs> where I live. <laughs> and crucially, does the move take you closer to your local pub? No, it takes me further away, but closer to another excellent pub, which is the Hearn Tavern. Ah. And the Blythe Hill Tavern, which I've heard a lot of people recommending. Oh, mate. What a pub. Have you been there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's one of the great pubs. Yeah, that's really close to me now. And um, that what, that lots of people I, I sort of follow on the social meds end up going there. You looks... should, have you not been to the Blythe Hill Tavern? No, no. Oh, can I come with you the first time you go? Yes, please. Yes, please. Oh, great. The Blythe Hill Tavern, they all wear shirts with those th- things that keep the sleeves up. Oh, lovely. Suspend- sh- suspenders. And ties. And ties. Speaking of terrific London pubs, we had a very nice uh, mist mail come in, which I sighed for um, today. Um which is uh, from Marcus. Hello, Robin and Robins. I like that. It has been a wonderful pleasure spending time in the moon underwater over the past few weeks, and so I wonder if I could trouble you for a recommendation. My partner is coming over from New York City at the end of the week, and I'm super excited to show her all around London. This will be her first time venturing across the pond, so after the important but frustrating isolation she'll be doing, I want to show her as much of the city as possible. My simple question is this. What is your favourite pub in London? Yours in Shimmering Golden Pints, Marcus. Oh, in Shimmering Golden Pints, Marcus. <laughs> yeah. It's a very tricky question, really, because I think if you want to give someone the tourist um, experience, there are some key central London pubs that really... that someone from New York would just blow their mind. Well, first off, I'm thinking the Cheshire Cheese. Yeah, the Cheshire Cheese, where Johnson used to hang out, Samuel Johnson. Yeah. Who else used to hang out there? I don't know. Boswell. It's a Sam Smith's pub. Uh, So if you like Sam Smith's drinks, then um, it's worth a trip. But it is, I mean, it's a quite remarkable establishment. Well, it's just wonderfully subterranean, isn't it? You go down steps and further steps. And it can get very... I don't know. I wonder how they're managing in... Within the kind of with the, with the regs. Well, I found that pubs. The, I've been. I went to a pub in central London at usual sort of rush hour crisis point, and it was so nice. There were about twenty people there. I had a pint of Guinness. I got so emotional about the return of pubs that I said to the bar lady to get everyone who works there a drink on me, and then immediately regretted it when I remembered we were in Tottenham Court Road. Jesus. Uh, but but still fine. It's a nice gesture. Did, and did he do it? Yeah. How many people? I think there's about eight. 
Oh, that reminds me of when our friend Chris um, found a twenty-pound note on the floor of a pub, and he got so excited that he got everyone a drink, and the round came to thirty-five pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Cheshire Cheese is a good shout. Also, the City of York, which is another Sam Smith's pub uh, between Chancery Lane and Holborn, um, but it's sort of it's in an old church or chapel. And that it's worth it for the ceiling is quite extraordinary. Yeah, beautiful booths. And then you could go to Ye Old Mitre. Yeah. So you could go Cheshire Cheese. That's Bank, isn't it? Yeah. You could go Cheshire Cheese, City of York, Ye Old Mitre, but Ye Old Mitre is not open on a weekend. What's the one that is the former bank? A huge, illustrious kind of looking place. Oh, um, uh, I think it's called the Bank. It's ah, a Fuller's pub. Yeah, that's a, that's. A, I mean, if you want to see a kind of pub in a spectacular building, that is a, that is a great one to go to. Yeah, it's got like an upper a deck, sort of around the edges, but it's got very high ceilings. Um, also, I would say just going round Soho mm. is quite nice because you can sort of fall in and out of the pubs there. Yeah, like you're yeah. falling through different layers of your own mind. Yes, like Inception, you can kind of. Do Inception in Soho, that's what I would say. Inception Soho, the ship where Queen used to hang out after recording um, at sort of midnight. The Pillars of Hercules where uh, uh, Martin Amis and Ian Hamilton used to hang out in the 70s with Clive James. Yeah, and uh, the the French house where Orwell left a, um, a copy of 1984, like the draft copy. Let me get this right. <laughs> I'm just um, tapping on my mind's memory. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's got a Wikipedia page. Oh, Brendan Behan wrote uh, portions of the Query Fellow there. Is that where Nish Kumar uh, wasn't his drink, like the uh, the wine you get in the French house? No, that was um, that couldn't be more different. That's Balance, oh, sort sorry. of an all night nightclub that sells <laughs> chips. All oh, right. Um, <laughs> But Dylan Thomas, I got this wrong, it wasn't George Orwell. Dylan Thomas left the manuscript of Under Milk Wood there under his chair. Oh, dear. Other regulars included Francis Bacon, Tom Baker, Lucian Freud, Augustus John, Malcolm Lowry and John Mortimer. Mm, Malcolm Lowry was another famous lever of manuscripts. And they only serve uh, the beer in halves, uh, which is, but it's a nice traditional thing, so it feels like you're in France. In the past. Yeah. In the past. Sorry, that's too many recommendations, <laughs> no, yeah, isn't well, it? Yeah, I think you'll have a lovely time, though. But it's very tr- tricky, because I'm guessing... Oh, what about the Lamb and Flag mm. on Rose Street? Oh, my gee, that pub. I mean, if you want to go to a pub and feel like you're Dickens, then go to the Lamb and Flag and then go to the uh, Cheshire Cheese. And we haven't even gone south of the river yet. Why would you? Bandit country. Oh, I prefer it. Yeah, but it's not what you don't go there. I live there. <laughs> Yeah, but you wouldn't visit London and get on a bus to Peckham. Why not? It's nice. Because it's too far. It's a whole other world out there, John. It's quite hard to get to. It's not. It's nicer. I prefer South London. Um, So, yeah. But if you want to go, if you want to see other stuff. Yeah, if you want to go see other stuff. Yeah. South London is the Brooklyn of London. You know, uh, tell her that, Marcus. Okay. Yeah, tell her that. <laughs> yes, everyone goes on holiday to New York and they go to Manhattan. They never go down to Brooklyn. Oh, I always go to Brooklyn. Greenpoint, Williamsburg, all of the cool parts of London and New York. As immortalised in the fabric nylon. <laughs> yeah. There's a lovely uh, German beer hall in Williamsburg I went to. 
very beautiful. We're really rambling, aren't we? Yeah. So, uh, is there any more correspondence from the mist mail? Yes, there's. Oh, from the mist mail. This is a stunning one, actually. Um, this is from Michael. Hi, John and Robin. Loving the new pub pod. I thought I'd share my back garden pub I've built through lockdown. It's been based on old Edinburgh pubs, and oh my god! I mean, let's see, beautiful wood panelling. A lovely small bar there with two two stools. It looks like it's got tenants on tap, which is which is I think is great. Uh, it's just very dimly lit. Look at those shelves at the back. I think there's shades of um, the Bow Bar, shades of the Dagda. And have you ever been to Burlington Bertie's in Edinburgh, John? No, I haven't. That's a really nice pub. There's shades of Burlington Bertie's in there. The uplighting on the shelves is quite something. Oh, it's really, really... Oh, and there's a fire in there. Oh, my God. Yeah, little wood-burning stove thing. Oh, I'm going to pass out with desire again. I just think I would sit there and not leave. Got two tenants taps. Don't mind it. Do you reckon they're decorational? It's, it's quite hard to install yes, it keg is. beer in a shed. But I think maybe that's a homage to the Waverley, which only has tenants. Mm. Do you know what I was thinking about the other day? Is Bennett's Bar. Oh, yeah, Bennett's Bar's a lovely one. Oh. God, Edinburgh's got some superb pubs. Have you ever been to the Bow Bar in Edinburgh? Where is it? It's just uh, around the grass market. So the Bow Bar in Edinburgh is one of the only pubs, I think, in the country that doesn't have hand pumps, but the beer is driven by air pressure via a water engine. Huh. So it's really it's really weird. It's kind of, they kind of, I don't know how it works, but it's not like a traditional pump where you pull it and I ail through. It's kind of forced is through. Is it like air. those sort of message sending tubes you get in old uh, factories and the beer sort of flies over your head in tubes like how they travel in future armor yeah and they do nice pies do they yeah it's a lovely pub the boba so thank you so much for sending in that delightful edinburgh pub shed if you have a pub shed or a pub in the garden or a pub room please please send it to john at moonunderpod.com but robin Mm. do you remember last week's missed mail Yes, there's a lovely letter from uh, Tom Hoskins inviting you to a haiku off. Mm. So, uh, have you? Uh, are you ready to quite his haiku? Uh, yeah. Would you want to remind us of his haiku because okay. I wrote mine while we were dis- having this chat just now. <laughs> so, Tom Hoskins' uh, haiku is this: "Mind realm beyond pub, ne'er the raven's core calls time. Sun high, submerged moon." Oh, lovely. Very moving. So let's hear yours, John. Between pub and time, memory, ruby, blazing, and then I found you. Who's ruby? It's the colour. It's the colour of a beer. What well, of memory? Oh right. Yeah, that was good. Is it? it didn't sound very good. <laughs> no, it's good. I just thought I wasn't expecting the end, to be honest. Okay, I'll rewrite the end. <laughs> Okay, I got got it. Go on. Between pub and time, memory, ruby, blazing, revealing thy sen. Very nice. See? I like that, yeah. Pretty good. Haiku you can come up with in 40 seconds. Yeah, I'm the Ezra Pound to your T.S. Eliot. Yes, yes. Very good way of putting it. Uh, (laughs) Lou Reed preferred you. Yeah. Robin, I don't know if you notice uh, this pint of... Fresh Breton cider I've just poured. Mm. Can you see the bubbles popping on the top? Yeah, they're 
They're talking. If you look very closely and hold your ear to the glass, they're actually actually all memories bursting into the air. It's a bit like Inside Out, you know, that film where the memories are those kind of balls mm. going through your mind. Yes, the memories are the bubbles in the cider. And what the mem- what, me- what memories are they, John? They're memories of summer trips. Uh, they're memories of festivals. Uh, if I believe I, I can hear a memory of an elopement there of a couple going to Gretna Green and drinking cider on a on a bren what's a oh, bren? I don't know what that is I don't know this might be an old name for a wall or something yes on the bren but you can't I mean it might be a mispronunciation in the memory or a misremembering yeah well bubbles might sometimes they you know that as they translate memories via the medium of bubble into language that we can understand. Sometimes things don't... It's not like Google Google Translate. No, but what happens if your memory is a false memory? Can you still remember it? Yeah, I think it's false memories are real memories when you think about it, aren't they? Are all memories false memories when you mm. think about it? Yeah. And the cider... Are there any memories that are particularly meaningful to you, John? I would probably say the way the smoke sits at about shoulder height at Reading Festival... when everyone's lit their campfires in the still air of August Mm. and the sort of the taste of lukewarm alco pops on the lips, the smell of smoke in the inner sleeping bag Uh. and um, the the sort of complete lack of comprehension of people who who set toilets on fire. Just a real, real deep-seated hatred of those who who create antisocial behaviour. So your memories are all kind of of Reading Festival. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's the only thing I can remember. Yeah. I also have, there's a memory of a pub I've never been to. Yeah. But I sometimes imagine when I'm trying to fall asleep. Oh, yeah. And it's a country pub next to, and it's got a water wheel on the side. Nice. And there's a sort of big stream running down the side. But into the bank, there are cut these sort of concrete benches. So you're actually sat in the bank but it's like cut out like a sort of L-shaped concrete slab. And that's just, I've never been there, but I remember it. It's a, it's, a, it's a landscape of the imagination, I suppose. It certainly is. If you'd like to hear us reading more correspondence and discussing more pubs that may or may not exist, yeah. uh, then do check out our uh, bonus podcast, Behind the Cellar Door, uh, which is available to patron members of the highest and second highest tiers uh, and what tears we shed, our Patreon tears, uh, fall down the cheek. But I think it's time to let this week's guest translate the memory bubbles, because she will have her own memory bubbles that will burst from the surface of her cider mouth. And... Um... <laughs> <laughs> She's going to tell us about her memories yeah. uh, of pubs. Uh, and we need to get this place ship-shape and um, maybe get another a couple of ciders going. Certainly put some in the fridge. Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. God, it's been, yes, it's been a, quite a journey, this intro, hasn't it? It has been a real journey. Mm. But a journey in which we set off and leave and arrive at the same place. Yes, the only way to get there is by going round in circles. At the end of all our travelling, we will turn return from whence we left and see it for the first time. Mm. 
Yeah. Are the four quartets badly misremembered? It, it's one of them, definitely. It's certainly one of the quartets. <laughs> so, folks, uh, very soon we're going to be welcoming in this week's guest. Robin, I don't know if you can... Can you... Can you sense that the realms are moving? Realm movement, yeah. I I think so. Subtly, yeah. (laughs) I think someone might be moving between the realms. Yeah. Betwixt the realm. Into our realm. Which realm are we in? We're in the the correct realm. Yeah, okay. And I sort of sense, you know, you sort of get that slight wobbly feeling when someone's moving between the realms. Yeah. And I don't think it'll be long until... And there it is. There's the door. The subtle knife. The subtle knife between the arches of the door. (laughs) (laughs) And into the moon underwater, we welcome presenter both radio and TV and strictly come dancer, Vic Hope. Hello, Vic. Oh, hello. It's so nice to enter your realm. It's lovely around here, isn't it? It is a nice (laughs) realm. Um, How how are you feeling after coming between the realms? Does it feel a bit scary for a sec? The interim is strange. It's like no other feeling, of course. It's not often you go between realms, but once you land, you you feel right at home. And I do. I love a pub. (laughs) Oh, great. Well, thank you so much for coming to the moon underwater. Thanks for having me. Uh, Pull up a chair. There's uh, Rob, grab that chair from uh, around the other side of the bar. Okay. <laughs> it's theatre of the mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's... No, Robin, obviously that's fine. I'll just take a stool. Don't worry, sure, put it back. Sure, put it back, sure. it's fine. Okay, cool. okay, I'll go back. Or should I say it's theatre of the pub? <laughs> Vic, you've got an inv- a very impressive CV, a very modern CV, a very relevant, very vibrant CV. One or two things do jump out, though. Okay, okay. Because before you entered the world of broadcasting, you were habiting two of the key pub cities in Newcastle and Cambridge, respectively. Newcastle is one of the great pub towns what ages were you in Newcastle and what was the pub experience as, as someone from Newcastle? Well, I grew up in um, in Newcastle from the age of uh, nothing. I, grew, I was born there and I lived in the centre until I was about 10 years old. And then we moved out to Northumberland, which I'm not sure if you know, but is even more pub kingdom. So my experience of the pubs was a vivid and colourful one. And it was one that started at a really young age because... My mum and dad were always in... This sounds really bad. <laughs> My mum and dad were always in... No, we, we basically... Our family had a lot of family friends who were landlords. So we spent a lot of time helping out up until um, I was about 15 when I started working, which I, th- I think is possibly not allowed. But I started at 15 working in a pub and all the way through my GCSEs, my A-levels. And then even when I went off to uni in Cambridge, I would still come back every summer, Easter, Christmas holiday, and I'd continue working in the Punch Bowl and the Manor House Inn. So I know the northeastern pub 
seen pretty well, I'd say. Mm. Whereabouts in Northumberland? Um, a place called Minster Acres near Concert. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I don't no, know. Didn't. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know the coast a bit. I mean, like... Oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? We always go on holiday to Almouth with my yeah. family. Yeah. Do you know Almouth? Yeah, I, I do. People don't realise just how gorgeous and rugged the Northumberland coastline is it's stunning and it's so fresh and you can walk for miles without seeing anyone the same with the countryside we were really lucky to live amongst forests and fields and greenery and just had so much space to just play and run and um yeah I love it I love you know when you you know when you go you go home or wherever it is that you go into but used to chug along the bridge that goes into Newcastle and you're just looking out the window and as soon as you see the bridge coming up in, in the distance, you get this jolt in your stomach and then you step off the train and you just breathe in the air and it tastes different. I love it. I miss yeah. it so much. Oh, it's great. Whenever I gig in Newcastle, as much as I dedicate myself to my work and and I give every gig 100 and 100 percent, <laughs> um, <laughs> 100, 100 max percent, I have to admit that the mind's eye begins to wander to a place very dear to my heart called Fitzgerald's Bar. And it's on the main street and you could easily miss it because it's sort of, it looks from the outside almost like it could be a restaurant or a wine bar. And um, it's on Grey Street. Oh, you know what? I know which one it is. And there's some, I think it's just because the first time I went there, I'd done a gig at the stand on my own and I I just looked on my phone for like what the nearest pub was and I went in and it was completely empty and it's got these wonderful green leather seats but they might be it might be sort of um what's that synthetic material I'm trying to think of for seats anyway it's got green seats but it looks <laughs> it's got really 40s interior and it's got a great selection of beers and I had a beer called Ringmaster by Magic Rock and I felt like I was just Philip Larkin after a day at the (laughs) the university and I had three pints and it was great and then down at the bottom of that street you go into the sort of older part of town and there's the Crown Posada Mm. oh my god it's one of the best it's a very thin long sort of almost railway carriage like pub it is so good. Oh, my crimes. <laughs> uh, so those it's a very two, dreamlike pub. It yeah. is a very dreamlike pub. Those two pubs sort of do haunt my imagination. But yeah, I think you texted me when you went to Fitzgerald saying you wanted to be buried there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it can, it can oh, yeah. be arranged, I'm sure. Yeah, it can, it can be, be arranged. <laughs> um, but then on to Cambridge. Mm. Mm. I mean, me and Rob both went to uni in Oxford and they're sort of two big, big pub towns. Yeah. But unlike other towns, I think Oxford and Cambridge especially, because the, the because the cities are so old and have been sort of maintained because they weren't bombed as much in the war, you feel like you're in a different realm. Is that the, is that the same in Cambridge? Yeah. And I'm so glad that in recent years I've gone back a couple of times because I was so traumatised from my experience there that I did not see the beauty while I was attending the university. Oh, no. Because you're so stressed out. There's so much pressure on you. I mean, don't get me wrong, I loved it. I loved having my my mind nurtured and and the academic rigour was... It was... 
obviously enlightening and obviously enriching, but I, I, I didn't look around myself. I didn't see anything. And I needed some time apart and time in the real world and time to make my own money and find myself and not feel so um, stupid in comparison to my peers to then be able to come back and see how gorgeous it is and to go punting and to go to pubs. Because we didn't actually go to that many pubs when we were there because we had no money. Whoa. So we'd be in student, we were in student bars because that's what you can afford. Yeah. And again, I worked in yeah. a student bar and a drink there is what, 99p versus paying close to London prices for a pint. So there were, there were a few that were really special to us. There was the Free Press, the Mayflower. Oh, yeah, we went to- Yeah, the, the Free Press is a real, it was a real haunt. And it, it was a lot of the, because we worked for the for Varsity and for the, the Cambridge student, the two newspapers. And there was a lot of, a lot of the, the, the student journalists would hang out in there. Mm. So uh, that makes me sound like such an arse, doesn't it? <laughs> you're, talking to the, uh, you're talking to the music editor of the Cherwell 2002 <laughs> to four. Yeah. Uh, Rob, did we go to the free press? Yes, we went there with um, with Chris, our friend Chris, uh, a couple of years ago. We did a bit of a Cambridge tour. Was that the, the one with the a... booth that we were desperate to get in this specific I booth? I think so. There's a lovely photo of us all in there in the free press. We also went to the Kingston Tavern and the Cambridge Blue. Yeah, the Cambridge Bloom. Mm, It's on the river, isn't it? I think so. I don't know about you, Rob, but certainly my experience was I realised I was much stupider than everyone else quite early doors. And because I was doing English, I mean, there was a lot of academic rigour, but not too much. So I sort of made a decision quite early on that I was going to have quite a pub-based existence. (laughs) When, When we're entering into your pub, Vic, what sort of pub is it? How have those two town's influence or maybe not your your dream pub it's this is really difficult i've been thinking about this for the last half hour for some time <laughs> and so the pubs that i worked in in newcastle were country pubs they were proper country pubs our clientele were farmers there were sheep farmers that I knew so well that they didn't have to tell me what their order was when they walked in. I, I knew exactly what they were having, how many of them, how often to keep refilling their glass. You don't mean a country pub that is made to look like a country pub. You mean an no, actual no. pub that serves the people who live in the country. It's in the country and it's for people who live in the country, people who work in the country. Um, there was always a lot of mud on the floor because people were coming straight from herding sheep, um, straight from their tractor. And what did worry me was quite a lot of my regulars, although I was filling up their glass, maybe I shouldn't say this, they would then go home on their tractor, which isn't, right. it's not advisable. <laughs> you mustn't do, you absolutely mustn't do that. Don't drink <laughs> drink and drive tractors. But um, I, but I, I have a real soft spot for, for the vibe. And for the fact everyone knew each other. Don't get me wrong, there were times when they really pissed me off, those regulars. They really did, because you get to know each other so well that they would they would treat you really badly. <laughs> they would like shout at you if you hadn't. Do you know what I mean? Which wasn't which is not it's not a behaviour that I like. But there was something so warm about it because we really did know each other. And yeah, I had my regulars. So I kind of want that feel to to my pub. I think it's community, and I think that matters. Um but then by the same token. What we had in Cambridge, we had this, and again, it's going to sound really arsy, but the, I loved the, the pubs that were full of board games and full of people chatting about literature. And there was books all on the shelves that you could actually just peel one down and, and have a little read. And yeah, so I, is it possible to somehow combine my farming regulars from up north with, I guess, the literati? 
Is that... Is that <laughs> yeah. You should have... You've got the farming saloon bar, and then you've got the academics corner in the public bar. But, but there, has to, there has to be board games, because... So I'm wondering yeah. if you have that classic horseshoe central bar where you you the fr- the front door goes into like a little vestibule and then left you go into the farming zone right you go into the uh sort of the the academic zone or is that too I don't segregated want to segregate, John I just I don't think that's not what that's not what it's about but can no. you can you have the muck of the Wellington boot and the Scrabble. Also, farmers can read and readers can farm. Well, exactly. I imagine some sort of porch area where people do have to take their muddy boots off. But I don't, I mean, I don't want people walking around in socks. Okay, so it's, <laughs> let's just get this straight. Sorry, I'm making this difficult. No, because it's whatever you want it to be. So it's farmer friendly with board games. Yeah. I like the way this is your dream pub, but you've just realised everyone's walking around in socks. And it's kind of slightly out of your control. Yeah. <laughs> You're in control of this. Put your shoes on. <laughs> I just, you know what, you know what? Let's take away the literati. I, I think let's have books, but it's a country pub. It's a country pub with books and games. And I've been thinking about the food as well, because that it will have roasts, yes, on a Sunday. So, in this academic farming pub with games and shoes off but not socks... No, not socks. So I'm guessing there's maybe you've got branded uh, sort of... Crocs. Home shoes or Crocs? Yeah. Okay, Crocs, Cro- I like Crocs it. at the door, yeah. I hadn't thought of that, yeah, that's good. What Crocs. two items are you having on draft, Vic? <sighs> okay. <laughs> so, the two items I'm having on draft are John Smith's mm. and Lemonade. Oh, Wow. Because the first time that I liked beer, I drank beer before, but the first time that I really liked it was a night in Newcastle. I'd gone with my mum to see Alvin Ailey, which is um, an Afro-American dance troupe who were my favourite. And it was like the biggest thing in the world that they came to Newcastle to perform at the Theatre Royal. And I went with mum and my friend Holly and her mum, Leslie, and Holly said to me, she said afterwards, we can go to the pub, mum will let us drink beer if we mix it with lemonade. And she said, it's called a shandy. I'm the best one to have, and everyone will tell you it's not, because I've heard everyone around the dinner table saying it's not, but I, I've tried and it's good, is John Smith's, and it'll taste like flowers. And I said to my mum, can I have a beer? And she went, oh, I don't know. I said, it'll be mixed with lemonade. She went, oh, okay, fine. I, let's bear in mind, I was probably about 12, 13. 16? What should I say? What what should I say? I, was. I think 12 to 16 gives gives enough um, legroom of the mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, the, I, I, me and Holly, we went to the bar, we got our John Smith's shandies and it was a revelation. I'd always thought beer was a bit disgusting, but I knew it was the one I was allowed and this opened a whole new world to me. All of a sudden beer was accessible and yes, it did taste like flowers. And even to this day, like I'm obviously capable now of drinking many other things legally and enjoying it, but I still go back to that. This, it's just, it's reminiscent and it's, it's delicious. It tastes like home. So what you're saying is it was a gateway drink. It was a gateway drink. It was a gateway drink. Yeah, John Smith's and lemonade, but it, it has to be. Because I, there was so many things that I wanted to put on draft, but I thought if I can't have the lemonade, then I can't have the flowers. So yeah, it's got okay. to be the John Smith's and the lemonade. It has to be. I mean, the, the John Smith's is a is a great northern beer. Don't you notice the difference when you're in the north and that beer has got that creamy 
Yeah. Of, what is it that makes it creamy? Is it something called sparklers? I don't know. They help, uh, but a lot of northern pubs will uh, serve with a sparkler. So, like the reputation of stuff like John Smith's and Tetley's in more southern pubs is that they're sort of you know a bit of a bog standard cheap ale but when you pour it through a sparkler oh man tetley's through a sparkler is something else so is that the is that the little thing that you press at the top at the end yeah well so when you pour on the end of the pump when you pour through a sparkler it comes out almost like when you put your thumb over the end of a hose pipe so it comes out in small jets as opposed to one yes. complete. Yeah. And it get, and it makes it kind of creamier and it gets this. Yeah. And it gives it a head a bit like Guinness. Yeah. I do love that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This makes sense because because obviously working in the pub, we we had to pour John Smith all the time. And there was it was almost like we had to have training to do it, to do it properly. And it did. It had a different little end to the other drafts. That will be the sparkler. And it's the sort of thing that like real ale bores will argue about like for hours about whether you should pour through a sparkler or not but it's very very kind of um unique to the north really i think we were in the dagda once and someone came in and said like are these been pulled through sparklers and the barman was just like what are you talking about i hadn't even heard of them well no i hadn't either but i've been pulling through sparklers for 15 years yeah (laughs) and i never even knew there was someone in my local who had brought his own sparkler. No! Because you can s- no. screw them on. I mean, you- <gasps> Yes, you can. You screw it on and then we have to put it... So we put it in a little glass of um, of soda water at the end of the shift. Mm. And that would clean the sparkler out. Yeah. Oh. My dad used to take his own beer mats to the pub. Did he? Yeah. What? That's because, insane. Well, because... Have you noticed? Uh, this just might be mad. It might be this kind of confirmation bias. But if you noticed kind of pre-lockdown pub there were just there less less beer mats floating about aren't there you, you see fewer beer mats these days yeah yeah I, yeah i'm I guess not sure so. i'd bring my own well maybe you should try it with did they have his name on no he brought his own in his pocket yeah but what were they, what branding were they oh a bath ales one. Oh no <laughs> <laughs> john smith's and lemonade i think that's a super choice also a very interesting choice no one has picked uh john smith so far where do you live now Vic? In Hackney, Dalston, East London. So, what are your what are your pub options there? Um, so, right next to my house, I've got the Victoria, the very aptly named, um, and that's lovely. Uh, which other one do I like going to? I like going to the Duke of Richmond, which is just down the road. They do go a really good um, Sunday roast. We've got the Scott Head, the Hunteress. They're both a little bit further down. I'm actually I'm really well placed. I've got three compasses on the on the corner. Oh, we went to the Hunteress, Rob. Oh, yeah. It's got lots of pictures of willies on the wall. Yeah, but it's it's kind of like a, a southern-style American bar is the kind of vibe they're yeah. going for, isn't it? This kind of... It is it's beautiful. It's a really beautiful place. It's quite by... It's near the earth, isn't it, That the venue? Earth. Yes. Yes, it is. And you're right, it's got pictures of willies on the walls and, and also, like, sort of quite trippy dogs. I think I've got a picture of you, Robin, with one of the willies arranged to look like it was coming out of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's nice. And so you've mentioned you've mentioned roasts twice. Are roasts going to play a big role in your pub? Only on Sundays. I mean, you can't have it any other day, can you? I just, I'm just trying to work out where everything fits together. But I actually think this this might be the thing that ties it all together. This actually might be what makes it work. 
So mm. who mm. likes roast? Well, farmers like roast. Who likes roast? Well, scholars like roasts. Everyone likes roast. <laughs> it just, it just yeah. now it feels like it makes sense. Before it didn't, and they're all walking around in Crocs, and it's strange. But, <laughs> <laughs> but they're but they're eating a roast, and it all comes together. Um, yeah, there's the, one of the pubs down the road. They do um, a roast called the whole damn farm and it's got pork, beef and chicken on it. We won't be doing that. We won't be doing that. No. I'm a purist. It doesn't seem right. It sounds like a, that's just a carvery, isn't it? Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> yes, it is. But it's not like one where they put a sheep inside a pig and then a pig inside a cow. There's just no need for that and the farmers might get a bit upset. Yeah. There was one strange. night when one of um, the guys, he won't listen to this, so it's fine. His name is Gordon and um, he used to upset me quite a lot but also we were like pals at the same time and he got so drunk and I made a comment about his sheep and he <laughs> went off it. He was screaming, wow. he went, you know how I feel about my sheep. <laughs> Fucking hell. What, what did he say about his sheep? Your sheep are <laughs> I can't remember. I think I was, I was just like probing a little bit. I was like, oh, you're, um, oh, there's something about him having more sheep than friends. Or something. Oh right. I, to be honest, it wasn't it wasn't super professional on my part, but like we're, this is the we're, this is the kind of banter we had, and he and it, it was like it struck a nerve that he was so close to his oh, sheep. Oh okay. And it really. <laughs> I always, you know what, I loved that job so much that I was just so happy to be there. I was so happy to be making my money. I started. Um, as a, as a barmaid and kind of graduated up to restaurant manager. My brother denies this. He says that in the whole time I, that he was there, there was no restaurant manager. And I remember when Moira, the boss, told me I was the restaurant manager. He just didn't hear it. But I was, I was the restaurant manager. And, um, and it was, yeah, it was like the time of my life. I had a boyfriend who was one of the other bar men, bar staff, bar. Either's fine, I think. Barmen. Um, and we'd, I made loads of friends. It was just, it was so much fun. And we all had each other's back. So if any of the regulars started acting up, one of the others would like Leanne or Kirsty, they would take care of it as well. So it was, there was a sense of camaraderie. It was just, it was so much fun. And we'd go on these, after we'd, we'd finish up and then we'd go on these big nights out in concert, um, which was quite the town. There was one night out we went on and um, the club, we all had to leave the club because someone had brought a samurai sword in. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> what a beautiful pub. Fire crackling away, music on, not too loud, nice pint. Hello there, what are you drinking then? Is that ale? Or is that, is that lager? Yeah. What are you drinking lager for? Mm. This is ale, this is, this is ale. Mm. This is water, hops and barley and yeast. That is chemicals. <laughs> I suppose you didn't remember this when this was the Red Lion then. I do. Yeah, I... it used to be the Red Lion, then before that it was the Black Swan. Yeah. And yeah, but Judith wouldn't have put up with any of this, the really? landlady there. She wouldn't have put up with any Why of this. Why didn't I go to the moon yeah, underwater? I'll say it again, that leave means leave. That's all I'm saying, that leave means leave. Your next choice alongside John Smith's and Lemonade in your Scholars and Farmers pub is uh, two bottles. So... I'm going to go for two wines. I'm going to go for a red and a white. I think it's only right in the pub. I think it'd be ludicrous for me to not sell a red and a white. Um, for the red, I don't have a brand, but it has to be a Cabernet Sauvignon. Just so I can say Cab Sav. Because in my day-to-day -day life, to be honest, I prefer a, a Malbec or a Merlot or a Shiraz at home. And actually here in London, if I go to a pub, I'm getting a, a, a Merlot or a Malbec or a Shiraz. However, if I'm home... And if I'm in the pub pub, I'm saying, can I just have a Cab Sav? And I just love abbreviating things so much. It makes me feel like I'm at one, that it's got to be, it's got to be that. Um, and for the white wine, 
We're going Oyster Bay. Is it now? I don't mind an Oyster We're Bay. We're going for an Oyster Bay Sauvignon Blanc. It is, it's an Oy Bay. An Oy Bay Sauvignon Blanc. It's, it's the wine of the pub, isn't it? I remember when... thing is, when it came in... Um, this was at the Manor House. When it came in, that it was our special wine. I remember I was about 16, 17 maybe. And Moira the boss was like, we've got a new special wine. Because we always had the same ones on there, plus a special. And she was like, this is a special, but that's the special that never left. I remember that's the special that became a regular because it went down so well. Everyone thought it was dead fancy, dead posh. And it blew my mind when I moved down to London. I saw that it was in every shop for about five quid because I thought this was the poshest wine in the world. I remember having that kind of revelation. Do you remember Nando's? When was the yes! Nando's first start? It was like 2005-ish? It so. was the poshest place in yeah, the world. Yeah, I thought it was really posh. <laughs> But like, and then I realised it. I mean, I still to this day. Whenever my mum and dad come down to London, if they come down separately, they always whisper, "Should we go to Nando's?" Yeah, and I'm like, you know, you both like doing this. Yeah, why don't you go together? Yeah, why does it have to be your treat that you do when you're away (laughs) from the other one? Like you both like it. Yeah, (laughs) the thing with Oyster Bay is, alongside Oxford Landing, it's the best wine you can buy in a newsagent. Right. So if you ever go to a newsagent, it sort of starts with something you've never heard of, which is like four quid. Then it's Echo Falls or Ernst and Gallo. Then Barefoot and Yellowtail. And their sort of seven quid wine is Oxford Landing or uh, Oyster Bay. Uh, but I don't mind it. I don't. It's very drinkable. That's the thing. And people like drinks that taste nice. I do like the sparkling one. There's a sparkling Oyster Bay as well, isn't there? Is there? I think so. Have you at least, if not a brand, got a uh, a country for your Cab Sav? Mm, yeah, it's going to be a new world wine, isn't it? I think, if I'm settling down with, with my girls in the pub. Um, I uh, Shall we say Chile? Ooh, so are we... No, 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 it's South Africa. Is it now? <laughs> uh, uh, it's either South Africa or Chile. Are we heading towards uh, Casillero del Diablas? Cab Sav. That's exactly what we're doing. Yes, I'm. Yeah. I like that we workshop this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got there. I was once quite drunk in the off license and couldn't remember the name of that. And I was just asking for the one with the <laughs> devil on it. Like that. <laughs> Casillero del Diablo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you did modern languages, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And that's what I learned. <laughs> what does Casillero del Diablo mean? I, I thought it was the kingdom of the devil. I assume. Oh, I'm not buy I could that be. Again. I could be wrong. Let me. I actually want to check. Casillero. Oh, the, it's the Devil's Locker. Mm. I said kingdom. I meant, yeah, like space off. It's the Devil's Locker. You can call that the Castab Cab Sav. Castab Cab Sav. Yes, I like it. Yeah. Okay. Superb. Well, um, we're about to uh, take a little bit of a break so you can listen to some notices from relevant companies. <laughs> or if you are uh, a patron, then you get some fun music we've created. But whatever you're going about to hear, before you hear that, it's time for Robin's Pub Quiz. Okay, everybody, pens out, eyes down, it's time for the quiz. He played for Zimbabwe, but he was born in South Africa. I know Alaska is bigger, that wasn't the question. Put your phone away. Right, Michael Jackson's Funky Monkey had been deducted five points. Thank you, John. Yes, it's time for the pub quiz. What would a pub be without a quiz? Do you like a quiz, Vic? Yeah, I really do. Mm. Really, really do. I mean, 
I'm very competitive. <laughs> cool. Well, this is a this, this is a this is a pub quiz about music, and it's about the Mercury Music Prize for Best Album, which has been running since 1992. So, how do how do you think you'll fare in that, Vic? Uh, when I was younger, I used to follow. I remember I used to listen to Radio One, and on the night of the the prize being announced, I'd always have all the nominees written down in my little book. And let's try and pick out who it was going to be. But I don't remember many of the winners apart from Miss Dynamite. And yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that up on it right now. Okay, cool. But you, you present the chart show, don't you? The chart show first look. Right. Bear in mind, I'm 38. What does, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, so on Radio 1, so me and um, lovely Katie Thistleton, we do a show called Life Hacks, which is a show all about issues affecting young people. And then following that, we do... Um, the official chart first look which on a Sunday um is the sales from over the weekend so Scott Mills on a Friday does the official chart and that's the the week's sales but then we have a little look at how the next chart could be shaping up based on what's been sold over the weekend bearing in mind that a lot of music is released on a Friday so we're getting the fresh the fresh music like the newest stuff and seeing where it where it drops instantly so this is how young I am Vic, uh, when Queen's album with Adam Lambert, uh, Live Around the World, was going to be number one, but they weren't sure, I was getting deep into the sales figures because it was within a few tens of thousands. And I think it was a Japanese band, a, a shipment of their album got stuck at customs, <laughs> which played a part in in Queen's album getting a number one because they can't count until they're literally scanned in. I love that. That's... <laughs> a victory for Brexit for Queen. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure Brian, Roger and Adam would have absolutely smashed them without that happening, but it certainly uh, did play a role. That's so funny. Well, the, the chart that we had on, on Friday, there was 500 units in it. 500. Wow. So... so, so... I mean, because of streaming, do a lot of older songs come back into the charts? Does that happen a lot? I mean, I sound like I'm about 854. <laughs> no, no, true. it's so true, especially around Christmas. Yeah, yeah. The whole chart at Christmas can be just Christmas songs because that's what people are listening to. Yeah, that's what sure. it's streaming. I mean, technically, yeah. Queen's Greatest Hits is still in the charts. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Robin, the quiz. Yeah, sorry, yeah, Mercury <laughs> Music Prize. Music music deserves prizes. So here's the pub quiz. Um, so get your pens ready and your paper. So question one. Who won the inaugural Mercury Music Prize for Best Album in 1992? Who would have won that? Bearing in mind that this might be an album that came out in 1991. Bit of a hint. But um, I'll give the answers out at the end. I have no idea. No, no idea. No idea? idea. (laughs) Um, Question two. Who is the only artist to have won the award more than once? Who's won the Mercury Music Prize more than once? Have a bit of a think about that one. Question three. Pulp's album, Different Class, won the award in 1996. But to which charity did Jarvis Cocker donate the £20,000 prize winnings? What a nice fella. Any, any, uh, anything happening in the old brain box there, John? Well, I started to think... Is is the answer for all three going to be the same band? But then that, I mean, that's not 
is not even the answer to two. Well, we'll go to the break now, and then we'll go through the answers, and I'll hear what John and Vic might have come up with. And remember, folks, when you're on your break, do head over to drydrinker.com, where you can experience their incredible range of alcohol-free beers, wines and spirits and ciders for 20% off with the code MOONUNDERPOD. Um, It's a website I use, so it comes with a bona fide Robin's Rec. That's a Robin's recommendation. Uh, That's drydrinker.com with the code MOONUNDERPOD. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back, everyone. And it's a musical treat in the pub quiz this week uh, because Robin is asking questions on the Mercury Music Prize. So, Robin, take us off those tuneful tenter hooks. Those tenter hooks are unravelling as we speak. So, question one on the Mercury Music Prize was who won the inaugural Mercury Music Prize for Best Album in 1992? Anyone guess that one? No, I just, you know what, I put the first one that I remember, which yeah. is PJ Harvey, but I think that was years and years later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. It wasn't um, Blue Lines by Massive Attack, was it? No, that's, uh, I think that might be 89, actually. Really? But, uh, yeah, Jeez, I think it's very late 80s. Uh, they were very, very ahead of their time. They were, yeah, yeah. I can't believe that Massive Attack album was 89. Yeah, I think it is, because they said it took so long for them to make that it, they're surprised it isn't one of the best albums of the 90s. It's always listed as one of the best albums of the 80s. I think it's 89. Whoa. I mean, I had that... Um, a friend of mine... No, Blue Lines came out in 91. Okay, fine. Sorry. So... It was record. It took two years to record, but my mum's friend made me a tape of that when I was ten. Mm. So I was sat in my bedroom as a ten-year-old listening to Abba Gold, Queen's Great Sits <laughs> Two, and Blue Lines by Massive Attack. Hell of a mix! What an eclectic selection! <laughs> yeah, what a cultured child! Yeah. So the uh, the the winner though in 1992 was Primal Scream, Screamadelica, which is oh. a classic. 
album that came out in 1991. Came out the same day as Nevermind by Nirvana. Very well done if you got that at home. I don't, I don't know why I'm writing this down. I can <laughs> yeah. use these notes <laughs> later. Primal Scream. Very good. Very good. Question two. Who is the only artist to have won the award more than once? Anyone get with that? I think this is wrong. I put Skepta. No. I was going to say Massive Attack again. No. Her name graced your lips earlier. It was PJ Harvey. PJ Harvey! Yeah. Oh! Can I have a point? Can I have a point? Oh, I don't think we can do cross-question points. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, PJ Harvey won in 2001 for Stories from the City, Stories from the Sea. Wow. Uh, which is actually my favourite PJ Harvey yeah. album, unpopularly. And 2011 for Let England Shake, which is another very good album. Uh, so, yeah, question three. Was Pulp's album Different Class won the award in 96, but to which charity did Jarvis Cocker donate the £20,000 prize winnings? Was it... Uh, Childline. No, it was not. I put UNICEF. It was War Child. Oh, oh I meant War Child. You know what? UNICEF and War Child, not dissimilar. Can I have the point? Well, <laughs> I mean... For PJ Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she gave the, he gave the money to PJ yeah. Harvey. <laughs> because if you remember, around 95, 96, the album Help came out which was uh, the compilation album put together by War Child, which was on the shortlist uh-huh. that year, which is why Jarvis Cocker donated the money to War Child in a very... Oh, so he was backed into a corner, really? Well, he could not, yeah. Imagine that. Yeah, That's not fair. <laughs> no. Also, you can't have a compilation as an album of the year. Well, I mean, you have to include it, don't you? It was quite a good album. Well, it's so good that it won the prize. Well, I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> okay. In protest. <laughs> I'll give a tenner to War Child if it's still a going concern, but I don't think you should have compilation albums in the album. Fair play, of the year. fair play. I'll give a tenner to PJ Harvey. So I'll, I, <laughs> yeah. So well, very well done if you got any of those at home, and thanks for playing along. And that thus ends this week's quiz. Well done, Robin. Thank you very much for a superb pub quiz. We are back now to Vic's dream pub. It's scholarly. It's agricultural. It's rural. It's board gameular. <laughs> It's shoes off at the door. It's Crocs on. Crocs on. Get your Crocs off could be one of the taglines. But get but but then and then in brackets and then put them on. But please put them on. Um, It's got board games. It's got a roast on a Sunday with a sheep and a pig and a cow. No, it doesn't. I said we're not doing that. Okay. We're keeping the animals separate. Right. So it separates out the animals in the roast. Uh, It's also got John Smiths and lemonade. You've got a cab serve, a, a, a cas, a cas dab cab serve, <laughs> and the, the corner shops champagne, oyster bay sauvignon blanc, yes. blanc, blank. Uh, but what are your two spirits, Vic? So I'm gonna have a whiskey, and I think I'm gonna have Laphroaig. Mm. But a part of me kind of wants to have that Akashi Japanese blended whiskey. Well, yeah. Which part of you is going to win this internal battle? Probably the one that wants to actually make some money out of this pub. So we'll probably go with Lefroy. But the Japanese whiskey, I, I remember that we talked about gateways earlier. That was my gateway whiskey. All of a sudden I was like, wow, this smokiness, this almost acidity. Like it, it was such a drinkable whiskey. And I always knew that whiskey was great. My dad used to go on these whiskey tours around the Scottish Isles and he'd go away for like a week with his mates and they'd go climbing and they'd stay in Bothies and they just, they loved whiskey like it was their thing. And 
we were brought up to appreciate good whiskey in our house but i i didn't really get it until that japanese one it was just like it was beautiful and now like whiskey is probably my spirit of choice it's always nice to have a nice one in the house and to finish off an evening with a whiskey me and my brothers when we're all together it's, it's you know it's really special we'll sit maybe if we've got like a bonfire or anything going we'll sit for hours and hours around the fire drinking whiskey and and talking and it's probably the most special time that i have with my family so yeah we've got a whiskey in there well, I think, given that personal account, it's got to be that Japanese whiskey. This isn't. This is your dream emotional pub of the mind. This isn't something you're trying to not make. Trying to run a profit. It's not a commercial <laughs> venture because then we wouldn't be having Crocs at the door, would we? That'd be ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, ideally, if this pub works, it's going to make a massive loss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what was the name of that Japanese whiskey? Akashi. Because the other great thing is, so someone comes in wanting a whiskey, they have to have the whiskey you want to introduce them to. That's true. And this is something new. Because the Laphoric is amazing, obviously brilliant. But yeah, let's let's go with an Akashi Japanese blended whiskey. That sounds great. So what's your second choice? I'm going to go with Pims. Interesting. Ooh. Because summer is coming. Did you see the blue skies today? Did you see the sunshine? Did you feel the rays on your skin. And it's just the first sign of summer, isn't it? Is when you crack open a PIMS. And I'd never had PIMS before I went to uni. And then I had PIMS. Yeah. <laughs> all these garden parties. And it was so fancy. And the, the, it was just, we would look, we were treated. We were so lucky to go to university in this place that had these balls and these garden parties. And every year I used to work at the balls, the May balls. They're so lavish, so extravagant. There was um, St. John's and Trinity's, all these ones that I would do jobs, either working on the bars or I'd do half on, half off or work two hours, work two hours off. There was one year where I worked, I remember working on a PIMS bar at St. John's May Ball, but they they made us, when the fireworks went off, we all had to turn around. They were like, quick, this is your chance to fill more glasses. So we didn't even get to look at the fireworks. <laughs> but then that I realized that there were better jobs to do than working on the bar. So there was one, I went to Trinity and I worked as a piece of installation art. And all I had to do was for two hours, <laughs> stand there holding an apple. <laughs> Wow. How long do you have to stand with the apple? Two hours, yeah. And then I had two hours off to enjoy the ball. Then I had two hours of standing holding the apple again. It's a summer drink, isn't it? It's what it means. It's what it represents. As you say, it's a vibe. It's a state of mind. It it, it does get boring. Don't get me wrong. By late July, I'm bored of Pims. I don't want another Pims. I don't want to see another Pims. But when you first have a Pims, the first Pims of the year... Oh, yeah. it bangs, doesn't it? But it, it it does kind of become a, a fruit salad at the at the end of the of the glass, doesn't it? You kind of it's a waste of fruit. Is, yeah. I, I'm going to say it's a waste of fruit. All that fruit it doesn't go anywhere. No, you don't eat it, do you? It's just sitting yeah. there festering. And I, what I sometimes do last summer, I definitely did this. I tried to keep the pims fruit from day to day and just keep topping it up with pims. There's only so many days you can do that. I learned the hard way. Yeah, goes off. It does go off. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Mm. Quite fittingly, in this pub of scholars and farmers with Pims and John Smiths, we are now going to just head round the corner and find out what is being added to the Moon Underwater Pub Library. Great, thanks, John. So every week we add a book to the pub library. And I found adding books to the pub library, there are kind of quite a lot of depressing books out there. I think kind of because of the nature of alcohol. <laughs> this is a really good choice. Um, it's one of my favourite authors, actually. She's called Gwendolyn Riley, and she's been writing for nearly 20 years now. 
and she started when she was very young. She's only about 22-ish. And she's from Manchester. And have you ever been to the Night and Day Cafe in Manchester, John? Uh, no, I haven't. Do you know it, Vic? No, I haven't heard of it. It's a, it's a really nice pub, bar, venue just by Piccadilly Station. And Gwendolyn Riley used to work there. And she her first book, Cold Water, was based basically on on her experiences working there. And she's she's great because this is her first book, Cold Water, which is kind of it's quite youthful in many ways. And she's kind of matured, obviously, as she's gone on. Um, but she's always kind of retelling the same story, which is why I really like her. She's kind of always going back to the same things that happened to her. I think Cold Water is a brilliant book. It came out about two thousand and two, and I think you might recognise some of the kind of experiences of bartending Vic from Gwendolyn Riley's experiences here. But uh, it's very much like a kind of kind of a Smith's song in novel form, basically. It's kind of a Mancunian noir kind of thing, which is great. Nice. Yeah, she's really good. So yes, this is from Cold Water by Gwendolyn Riley. This is a dive bar in the American style. There's worn-out red velveteen on the stools, the tables are battered dark wood and dusty artificial ferns froth in long brass planters between the booths. The limited light glows from yellowed glass lamps shaped like clamshells, studied around the grey-green walls. I like working here mostly, sleeping in the daytime and living the days and the nights, meeting people and listening to stories while the blue spotlights swim over the banks of bottles behind me. I thought about all the sorry soldiers who wash up in my bar night after night, lip-syncing the same tired apocrypha, the same sententious excuses, the green-eyed lies, wanting to know when and how and why. What did they really think, and what was it like for them to look at each other and see themselves? That must be the worst thing. There was a full complement of familiar faces lined up along the ledge that night. I got bought a few drinks and I felt okay. I put one of uh, my tapes on. Loud, fast music, drums, bass, guitars and shouting, Margie used to call it, with two thumbs up. I smiled at everyone I served. It's a lovely book, Cold Water. <laughs> it's great. And uh, some nice, uh, kind of reminded me of your experience of uh, serving farmers there, I think. But in Manchester. Yeah, what, what did she call What did she call the, um, the clientele? Sorry soldiers. <laughs> Sorry soldiers, yeah. yeah. That's that's how it feels. Yeah, <laughs> there's something quite mournful about seeing people seeing something that isn't what they thought it would be. So you're you're watching the people in the bar looking at the bar, and like they're not seeing what they'd hoped a bar would be. It's not providing them with their own fantasy. Yeah. It must be odd to be part of the disappointment of yeah. a pub fantasy not becoming real. <laughs> You're, you're in the tableau. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I was kind of wasn't sure about including it because it's you know because we're already talking about dream pubs, but I think you know Gwendolyn Riley writes so well about the kind of grim reality of pubs and the kind of dourness. The grimness is sort of is beautiful in its way because of what it evokes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's that kind of doomed romanticism kind of thing, the kind of faded glory. You know? But also, I think it's reflective of so much of what alcohol gives you can be a negative experience and that's important to reflect that i've just finished poor me by a.a gill which is his memoir and he talks it's it's really stayed with me i mean he talks about the the horrors of alcoholism but he does say he says the one thing no one ever asks you about if you're a recovered alcoholic is what was the best drink you ever had 
and there's a page where he's describing the best drink he ever had and Rob, you gotta read it man but it's it's really fitting that it comes in a book that spends probably 10 times as many as as long talking about how damaging alcohol was to him and you know how it almost destroyed it almost killed him but it's quite i like that he gave a, a small amount of space to what people tend not to ask alcoholics because you know People wouldn't drink it if it was horrible all mm. the time. I'm sorry, I'm not saying it's no. good to be an alcoholic, but you know yeah. what I mean? That you don't, but there's a reason. There's, yeah, there's a reason, and there is a lot of fantasy that goes into uh, pubs and, and drinking, and there's an awful lot of sort of denial about realities, but that denial is based in a, a sort of a dream, and what I liked about that extract is that she's recognising that dream sort of come crashing its reality in the eyes of the people that are looking at her. Yeah, great book. Let's pop it on the shelf. Yeah. Sorry, this is a Sounds wonderful. Gwendolyn Riley. She's great. She's got a new book out coming out this year as well, actually. So she's she's great. Yeah, sorry, this this podcast is tonally very weird. I love it. Yeah. It's a bit of me. Oh, I love the bookshelf. <laughs> but it's it, it you you sort of have to navigate the yeah. the, the pub yeah. giveth yeah. and the pub taketh yeah. away. I guess is what we're saying. Take a thing in the way. Well, the pub has been taken away. Yes. <laughs> yeah. For, for the last year. So I'd quite like to have it back, please. <laughs> I wonder if, like, on off menu, they ever talk about, like, eating far too much or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> the whole thing Or on Desert about... Island Discs, they talk to if you listen to too much music and go mad. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's possible. Because if you were stuck on a desert island with seven songs, you'd completely go insane. Oh yeah, oh yeah, completely. If anything, I'd rather have no songs. I think if I'm if I'm genuinely going to be stuck on a desert island, give me nothing. That's better than giving me one thing or seven things, whatever those things may be, because they're going to drive me insane. I think I'd choose a very long song. I mean, just to kind of. Maybe I'd have two minutes in the morning and two minutes later on the day. Yeah, or a song I don't like. It's going to make the edit of Desert Island Discs for the podcast very frustrating if you've picked, like, three concertos. (laughs) (laughs) Great pub library there with a lot of talking points. Uh, But now it's your chance, uh, Vic, to add something to the Moon Underwater because, like all great pubs, we have a jukebox played at the correct volume. Uh, This is so hard. It is hard. It's got to be pub appropriate. It's got to be appropriate for your pub and our pub. That's it. So can I say I'm torn between two albums? Yeah. Use Your Illusion 1 and Use Your Illusion 2 by Guns N' Roses. (laughs) (laughs) Both great albums. So... I was thinking, this is, the, I was thinking M.I.A., her album Carla from 2007. Mm. It's cool. the album that has Jimmy, Bamboo Banga, Paper Planes, Mango Pickle Down River. 2007 was the year that I went to uni. And when I think back to the happiest moments of my university time, but actually probably some of the happiest moments of my life, it's surrounded by my friends in Emmanuel College Bar and it's that moment when MIA goes all I want to do is and then everyone puts their fingers up in the air even though none of us would ever hold a gun (laughs) and we and we all do gun fingers and we go and then we do this one as though we're holding a big gun we go and take your money 
that that moment just that little snapshot it's a tableau in my mind that will mm. never leave me i'm surrounded by my favorite people in the world who've continued to be my favorite people in the world these these people that i met i went to this uni where i felt so out of place at first i felt what are you doing here they made a mistake accepting you you made a, a mistake applying here you do not belong and i gradually found my tribe and i had this group of friends who were incredible their minds had me in awe every moment that I spoke to them and and they taught me things without ever preaching without ever making me feel like I wasn't welcome and I'm so indebted and so in love with them and I I just have these these like images in my mind of them surrounding me and that's that's the soundtrack to it that's the song so it would be that, but then I don't know how much that entire album is going to really work in this pub. Let's not forget everyone's wearing Crocs. And <laughs> and <laughs> there are a lot of farmers wandering around. But then, and but, of course, they've got, they've got shotguns, so it'll take a so lot yeah, longer can, to reload. So every time in my head goes, all I want to do is they can, they can fire the shotguns. Yeah, yeah, Actually, yeah. it's a scene. It's a yeah, scene. It um, so I'm thinking it could be that, because it's really special to me. And it, it, that, that album takes place in, in a bar. But then I was thinking, original pirate material. Oh, nice. By the streets. Mm. That's an album. That's an album, yeah. you know. That's what has it come to this. Let's push things forward. Um, don't mug yeah. yourself. Don't mug Weak yourself. become heroes. It's, I think it's just good pub fodder. I don't want to have to use my casting vote, Vic, because oh, you've no. got to choose one to add to the pub jukebox. I've got, I've got my personal preference, but I'm not going to voice it. I would like to. No, please. Can you can you tell me? If I was you, mm. and if I was me, I would go MIA. I'm not anti uh, the streets, mm-hmm. but I just, in terms of the way you spoke about that memory of MIA in the college bar, that reminds me of when I used to DJ in the college bar, Robin used to as well, I used to play music everyone hated for ages, and they would come up to me and they would say, when are you going to play Last Night by The Strokes? And I'd say, oh, after this, uh, after this Frank Zampa instrumental or this spoken word meatloaf track. And they'd be like, but it's nearly closing time. We're going to the club and we want to hear it before we go to the club. So I would play this ludicrous Frank Zappa three track instrumental medley that I would then end with last night. Or I would play Wasted Youth by Meatloaf, which is two and a half minutes spoken word <laughs> mad song. <laughs> And and then I would fade it down and it would go, well, it didn't fade it down, I just changed the CD. And then it would just go, jing, 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 jing. And everyone yeah. would just go, ape shit. And that, yeah. that's, that sort of move in their eyes from loathing of what I was doing to suddenly everyone just jumping up about to go to the Purple Turtle. You're a turtle. god. Yeah. You're so right. And I've not felt that for so long. I've yeah, not felt that feeling. I miss yeah, it. I yeah. really I do. since 2003. Okay, I felt it more recently than that, but... Uh, uh, yeah, me too. What? Uh, what? In which case, in which case... Yeah, let's go for MIA. Okay. Let's go for colour. This pub, it's got one drink selection left, Vic, and it's a wild card. Now, some might argue, you've already used quite a few wild cards 
Is John Smith's a wild card? Is Lemonade a wild card? Is Pim's a wild card? I cannot wait to hear what your wild card is. Okay. So my wild card could come in the form of either a bottle or a draft. Um, it's a local northeast pale ale from the Mordew Brewery in North Shields. And I used to serve it at the Manor House and the Punch Bowl. And it was also a favourite at the Tyndale Beer Festival where me and my best friend Elle used to pick up young farmer boys. <laughs> well, it's it's got to be draft or we're going to get emails from, from okay, people. Okay, it's draft. It's called yeah. Work Your Ticket. <laughs> it's called what? Work Your Ticket, like. <laughs> Work Your Ticket. Work Your Ticket. Cool. Incredible. <laughs> now, can you? T- what sort of uh, ale is it? Is it strong? Is it amber? Is it dark? It's, it's pale. I'm, pale. Yeah, it's a pale ale. And we, yeah, it used to be our guest ale that we used to have on quite a lot. But there was a, the Tyndale Beer Festival where we got to sample a lot of the the local breweries' wares. And um, me, I've got, I've got so many cups still in my cupboard from, from festivals past. Um, and me and Elle used to go and we used to kiss farmers <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a it's a beer of memories it's a beer, it's a of, beer memories. of memories yeah. Yeah, yeah i like the pump clip it's a four and a half percent and in fact i prefer the older pump clip than the newer one. Oh, i don't mind that at all champion beer of britain oh yes mate well, look at that. I didn't even know it was the champion beer of Britain. It certainly made me feel oh, like the champion oh, of Britain. Oh, I want to drink it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> worky ticket. And that ticket, it worky. You're barred. What are you banning? What are you not having in your dream pub of the mind? We're not having a pint of fun. So a pint of fun is... <laughs> What's a pint of fun? I love it. A pint of fun was a thing that they used to make us drink at university. Every social and swap and... Blah, it was... Is it like a... Yeah, sort a of. It was, sort, it was just like everyone... It was a, a part of Emma, like Emmanuel College. We had all these various societies. And we. it was like a... Was it an initiation drink or was it just a general... Every social you had to drink one. And a pint of fun just had dregs. A bit of anything that was open. And sometimes that included, you know, the slot bucket thing that the draft drips into. It's Ullage. That's the name. Yeah, Ullage. Sometimes there was some of that. People didn't care. But there was always reef in there. There was always a reef. (laughs) Yeah. Reef. (laughs) There was always a bit of reef. Um, But I just got terrible memories or lack of memories as a result of a pint of fun. So no pints of fun in my pub. Yeah. None None of those shenanigans. No. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that societies and clubs can't come in. I love a football team. I'm in a football team called Ninety Nine Problems, but the pitch ain't one. And we always go. <laughs> we always go for a pint after we play football. And I love the atmosphere. That is allowed. It's 100 percent allowed. But they're not drinking a pint of fucking fun. Well, I remember Rob. You might even know the type of lager it was. But when the football team used to go for football curry at our college, I wasn't in the football team. It was Lynx. Lynx Ultra, which is like a sort of 7% Polish lager. And they used to put the cans on the radiators before they left, so it was hot. Uh, uh, I would have quite liked to play football at uni, but I found it all all of that stuff so off-putting. There was so I just much. couldn't have done it. It was horrible. Yeah, th- was, like, do poos. And what, Rob? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Do, do poo. Someone did a poo on a car. That's no good. Well, there's no. certainly none of that in any pub I'm no. ever going to or allowing to exist in no, any realm. my pub. 
Hurry up, please. It's time. What is the name of your pub, Vic? Can we workshop it just a little bit? Of course, of course. I've got some ideas. So at one point when I thought that maybe I'd go with um, the streets, I was going to call it the Wheat Become Heroes. But that makes no sense now. So scrap that. Well, if it was for farmers, you could call it the Wheat Become Heroes. Oh, I do like it. And you do, when you've had a drink, you become a bit of a hero. But I don't think it's strong enough. Um, <laughs> the paper plane could be quite nice. Oh, that is the quite MIA, nice. Yeah, the paper plane. It's, just, it's quite nice. Um, and then I thought, well, you know, my name lends itself really well to stuff like this. Um, the hope bit of it. So I thought maybe... And the Victoria. Oh, and the Victoria. Oh, God, yeah. So uh, it could be the, just the Victoria. But um, it could be the hope and glory. It could be the high hope. Hopes, hops. Hopes, hops. Hopes, hops. <laughs> That's hopes, such a hops. terrible name for a pub. Hopes, hops. <laughs> so which pub are you going to? Hopes, hops. hops. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could call it the, the hop and hope. The hop and hope? But you couldn't call it hopes, hops. No, well, let's not call, we'll call it that. I said we're workshopping. Workshopping is no yeah, bad no, ideas. There's no such thing yeah, as a sure. bad idea apart from it's hopes, no bad hops. ideas. <laughs> what do you think? There was an... I mean, I'd like the idea that there was a great Irish pub I went to when I was in Rome called uh, the Scholars' Lounge. I think get, get some of that Scholars' vibe in there. I don't know. But how what about can... the farmers? Not about the farmers. The farmers' Lounge. The Vic of Good Hope. The Vic of Good Hope. That's quite good. Yeah. Nah. Maybe the paper plane. You don't sound convinced. It feels. It feels really trendy. It doesn't feel like it's. It's quite trendy. I don't know if the farmers will feel welcome. Yeah, that's the thing. I think you've got to reflect something to do with farming in the name if you're going to attract that clientele. What the, What do you think about the hope ones, the hope and glory or the high hope? I like the hope and glory. Because it, it the land of hope and glory, that feels like it's quite far, like the farmers because they plough the land. Yes, the land of hope and glory. Is it going to attract a farage element? Oh, well, then it will attract them, but it's not for them. They'll know as soon as they see the crocs at the door. Wait, what about the crocs at the door? The crocs at the door, that's it. That's nice. The crocs at the yeah. door. It's the crocs at the door. It's the crocs at the door. I love the crocs at the door. <laughs> it's the crocs at the door. Oh, that's a great name for a pub. <laughs> Farage would not be seen dead in the crocs at the door. His name would not come in, won't he? It won't. Oh, that's brilliant, the crocs at the door. Croc and roll. And people will abbreviate it to the croc. Which is fine. Yeah. The Crocs at the door. What a nice name for a lovely pub because it's got a sense of sort of homeliness and welcome. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but also it does get the message about cleanliness in the title of the pub. Mm. It's for everyone, isn't it? It is for everyone. Do you follow Jerry Adams on Twitter? <laughs> no, I don't. Jerry Adams is like really weird Twitter poster. Like he posts very, like for someone with quite a, checkered past he's got he's supposed to like quite odd joke one of his tweets which I, I always kind of just runs through my head quite often was drat left my crocs in Derry drat left my crocs in Derry that's also a great pub name <laughs> yeah I kind of think about it about three or four times a week drat left my crocs in Derry <laughs> you'd think he'd lay a bit low wouldn't he yeah. really wondered where that was going for a second uh, but <laughs> thank you you've drawn it back to crocs well Vic I'm so sad to say that it's time for you to cross back between the realms, but it has been such a joy having you here at the Moon Underwater. Well, thank you for having me. When I cross back to the other realm, is my pub gone? No. 
You take it with you. Oh, okay, great. Uh, you take the Crocs at the door with John Smith's lemonade, a, a Castab Cab Sav, the Oyster Bay Sauvignon Blanc, the newsagent's champagne, uh, Akashi Pims, MIA on the jukebox, and Mordew Brewery's Worky Ticket Ale. But no pints of fun. And I'm so excited to come and visit uh, the Crocs at the door one day. You have blessed the moon underwater with your presence and we thank you so much Vic Hope. Oh well you'd be so welcome to come anytime. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's been a blast. And to play you out as you move between the realms it's only fitting that we have a little bit of paper planes from MIA so get those imaginary guns in the air. <laughs> those shotguns. Shotguns. <laughs> which you have to reload between each line. Get those farmers shotguns in the air. Those 12 bore shotguns, which you can use to mime along to the music or to put down a lame sheep. Or or go poaching in the in the August woods. <laughs> or go poaching in the August woods. Or the August woods, uh, however you want to spin it. So here we go. A bit of MIA. So there we go, Vic Hope, and so much hope in Vic's pub, the Cape of Good Vic Hope. I could, you could, one could call it, though that's not the name. No, that was a lovely episode. Some lovely pub memories. Hashtag pub memories. Hashtag pub memories. Hashtag pub desire. Hashtag pub thinking. Hash pub. Hash pub. Maybe we could get the hash pub trending. I'm not sure. It sounds a bit druggy, John. <laughs> yeah, oh, it does a bit, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, well, next week we will be welcoming a man familiar to anyone who's ever chuckled at an Insta story. Uh, <laughs> denizen of social media, the wonderful Alistair Green. And we cannot wait for his take on his ideal pub. I'm sure he will view the pub askance. Uh, as he does with all popular culture. Yes, he's certainly got his own way. I just, I forget it. Forget it. (laughs) (laughs) So see you next week, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Time at the bar! Cheers! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 